Welcome, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guides to Love podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Whitney Tugas here. She is a pleasure and intimacy coach and co-creator of Women Who Roar. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, definitely. Yeah, welcome. We actually met in a fun way. Do you want to say that real quick? I think that's Yeah, I met your sister. At an event I went to a few weeks ago, I went to a Tantra speed dating event and she had heard about it through you. And I was talking to her about work and things that I do in the world and things she does. She's like, oh my God, you have to meet my sister. She has this amazing podcast, be right up your alley. And she put us in touch and here we are. Cool. Yeah. And I'll I'll place that um, speed dating event below if people want to check that out. Okay. So tell everybody what you're doing. Sure. So as Haley mentioned, I am a pleasure and intimacy coach. I work specifically with women with vulvas and I teach them how to experience the transcendent pleasure that I believe is our birthright as humans born in these bodies. I created a program called School of Sexual Sorcery in which I teach the five transcendent orgasms that are possible for all women with vulvas to experience. And Women Who Roar, as you mentioned, is another passion project and business of mine, which is a radical expression ceremony for women, for all women. And it started very much as a labor of love because my business partner and I needed a space where we could feel fully expressed and seen in our too muchness. And we created a space like that for women. And it's been incredible and transformative. And oh, I feel so lucky that I I get to go to all of them. <laughs> because I would be at all of them anyway. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And tell everybody when the next one is. So depending on when this podcast airs, they are based in Atlanta right now, though we are planning to bring them to other cities. If you would like your city to be considered, hit me up on Instagram. But the next one at the time of this recording is November 5th at Alpharetta Wellness Collective, and the theme is Sensual Sorceress. So we're going to be diving into sensuality and expression in that realm. Mm, Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, You said that was Alpharetta, right? Yes, it's in Alpharetta. Um, It's at this gorgeous, gorgeous space, and we're in the basement, which is not nearly as creepy as it sounds. It's this beautiful zen den, and a lot of crystals and plants, but we're really like in the core of the earth. So it feels like we're being held by the earth. Um, So it's a really beautiful place to have the kind of experiences that are had in these containers. Um, They're all women, very intentionally curated and held ceremonies, and they're clothing optional for the sake of full unbridled expression. So women don't have to wear no clothes. They can wear whatever the fuck they want, inclusive of absolutely nothing at all if they so choose. Yes, I love that. Celebrated and seen and revered in it in safety. And then go into, because you're a mom, so go into how moms, because we met previously and you were discussing this and I thought this would be a great point to bring up, is the fact that because society is so masculine and women, especially if you're a mom, You're almost taught to turn down your sexual energy the second you have a kid? I, so my experience of motherhood was not what I expected it to be. I was a nanny for a couple of years as I was a 
applying to graduate schools and in graduate schools. And I thought that I ex knew what to expect of motherhood. You know, I thought that I had some practice. I'd done some reps. I had really real intimate connections with actual mothers in the throes of new motherhood. And still I was walloped by it. I had this blessedly gorgeous, ecstatic pregnancy and this beautiful birth experience. And I'd never felt as in my feminine as I did in pregnancy and birth, which I recognize is not every woman's experience. That's not to invalidate women who don't feel that in pregnancy, but I did. So I had this experience of feeling my most feminine in ways that I never had felt before. I felt so sexy and beautiful and radiant and alive and in flow and magnetic as fuck. Oh my gosh. And then I was a new mom and I was keeping this human alive and navigating the identity shifts in myself and absolutely everything in my life that had changed and my then marriage and the ways it had changed. And there's a lot of management and holding. And if you're fortunate to have a partner who can help you navigate that or support to help you navigate that, that's wonderful. And it's I would imagine easier to stay somewhat in tune with your feminine if that's your experience, which it wasn't so much mine. So I went from this beautiful, rich feeling of my femininity and my expression as a woman in full bloom to having to hold this structure and this quote unquote, you know, masculine structured pole in a way that I had never held before that was really unwieldy and cumbersome and squashing to all of this beautiful magnetism I'd felt for the previous, you know, 10 months. And I think that society doesn't do very much in the Western world to help women feel like women and mothers, especially as they're becoming mothers. And I think that um, it, it's not intentionally to stifle them, but I do think it has that effect. And I think that that's, in my opinion, why so many women are holding masculine poles, even though they don't desire to, because there's not opportunity and support built in for them to take the role of their flow and their feminine and their magnetism. There's nothing that allows them to to recultivate that after it's taken such a hit as new motherhood is and is intended to be. And part of what you're saying, are you saying because that's not that's not the the partners that yeah. aren't doing that? Are you saying it, it's society? I think that in some cultures, so in Asian cultures, there is this concept of mothering the mother. So I think it's in Korea, maybe for 40 days after birth, there are all these beautiful rituals to nourish and mother the mother. And I have never had a baby in Korea, but I would imagine that in cultures where there is support for new moms, that that transition is smoother, um, that, you know, there isn't the burden of being the primary manager of, you know, figuring out parenting, or if you're nursing, keeping a human alive, literally with your body. <laughs> and, um, I, and there are no cultural supports built in for parents in general, but certainly not. And this goes for dads too. There's, there's not paternal leave. There's not maternal leave. Um, you know, our, our society, for whatever reason, I don't think values 
of parenthood, frankly. It's, it's evident in the things that we invest in, the things that we don't. Yeah, that's a great point. I totally agree with you. I think that even shows why the birth rates are going down. I think so too. I think, I think there's a lot of, I actually listened to a podcast yesterday, um, diary of a CEO, Stephen, the host had someone on there who was talking about sort of the plight of men currently in our society, but he was mentioning how marriage rates are going down and how birth rates are going down. And I think you're right. I think that as our generation and the one slate like the bridge generation generations are so micro now right mm -hmm. whatever the generation is immediately before us i think are looking around and realizing you know i don't have to subscribe to to this i can create my life in a way that feels aligned and good to me and for a lot of people that may include not having children by choice or that may include women and even men who do desire children but who only want to do so in a way that feels most aligned to them. And that's not something that they've found and they're willing to wait for that to happen. So yeah, I think, I think that, I think that it's complex and I don't claim to have all the answers. These are my opinions and based on my lived experience, but I think there's something to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then, so you went through that transition and then how can women create more pleasure? In the oh, last? Whether they're single question. or married or yeah, that's a that's a huge part of my story, right? Is that that complete shutdown and this shift from vibrant, magnetic, you know, feminine awakening, really, to this hard shutdown. And I stayed in that repressed, like I was repressed for a very long time, even before motherhood. But um, for a long time, I thought that pregnancy and birth were the key to feeling that. And so I thought, you know, oh, I have to have another baby. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and in instead, I got divorced and the universe is like, no, girl, you just need to be you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the the incredible thing is it, like, I, I have an eight-year-old son and he's, you know, obviously the joy and the light of my life. But I am so grateful that you know, I'm not always the one in control, ever the one in control. Um, and that I was shown in the ways I needed to be shown that the way I wanted to feel and the way that I'd been chasing getting back to feeling was always within me so that I could lead the way for other women to that place for the first time who may not have experienced it before or back to it if they once did and they too lost it. So things that women can do to cultivate more pleasure in their body um, I'm going to go super foundational. I think that the the most foundational piece of cultivating pleasure and living a life that feels radically alive is to get in tune with what your yeses and your nos are, which sounds really ambiguous. And there are some practices that I, I can offer that can help tune into this. But what I find a lot in the women I work with is that they start to experience resentment in sex and shut down in their relationships. And what's really at the core of it has not so much to do with a partnership that they may be in or their bodies necessarily, but more to do with them not being in tune with the messages their bodies are sending them or, you know, saying yes when what they really mean is no. And none of this is their fault. These are all so preconditioned and pre-programmed in us as women. We have generations before us who've survived by people pleasing and appeasing and being small. And it's a radical act in this day and age to 
know what you want and to claim it. And it's incredibly healing. It's generationally healing. But when I've found women tune into what it is they they feel is a yes and is a no, even on a micro scale, their life changes dramatically because they find that it gives them courage. It gives them trust in themselves and it tunes them back into this incredible power within all of us to know what's a yes for us, know what's a no for us and, you know, follow the course of what will bring us the most pleasure, bring us the most joy. And then learning to amplify that and, um, bring in other practices to, to deepen it and cultivate it into other realms of life, certainly in sex. But um, if I may offer a practice to anyone listening to this and wondering, okay, that sounds great, Whitney, but like, how the hell do I do it? A very simple, easy practice you can do is to turn on some music. I love Spotify. Spotify is my, my jam. Turn on a playlist and only listen to the songs that you can physically feel some sort of physical sensation in your body of an expansion or if you think of a song that you love or a food that you love or a memory that you are just so in your body will respond physically very discreetly probably but if you tune in you can feel it only stop and listen to the songs that give you that sensation, whatever the yes is for you, and really lean into that yes. If something is a neutral or if it's a contraction, you feel a no in your body, skip it. We're honoring yeses and yeses only, but the no and the neutral is information. Feel into what your body's communication is to you because a lot of us have numbed that and cut that off if we were ever in touch with it since childhood to begin with. Um, And this is a practice to bring us back in tune with it in a way that is not scary, in a way that's very um, neutrally charged before we bring it into something like sex, which is, has a lot of, a lot of charge. Oof, that's a really good point. I love that you started with there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because think about how many times, like, I look back at my first few sexual experiences and a lot of those were yeses and now looking back, I'm like, I don't know if it was a yes. I feel the same way. I mean, even <laughs> now there are some times that I look back and I wonder, was that a yes or did I just want it to be a yes? And there's no shame in it. There's no need to punish yourself or to berate yourself if sometimes it still happens because, you know, we're all human. We're not going to be perfect. But that awareness that, oh, I wonder if that was actually a yes for me is so powerful in itself. Yes, I definitely agree with you on that. And so what about for the men listening? Because I think men are trained completely different. And you have a son. And I I think that I have five nieces and nephews. And I think that it's just so interesting, the difference between how men are trained and women are trained. Yes. Yes, for sure. And I I wish I felt more qualified to serve men because I – I see the same thing. And especially having a son, it's really awakened me to the differences that you mentioned and how women are socialized and how men and boys are socialized. And the biggest thing that I've noticed in talking to the men that I've spoken to and, you know, in just being a curious, observant member of society and, you know, intrigued by how people are the way they are, 
something I've noticed is that while women are by no means treated in the way that um, they are afforded the the benefits that come with being a man in this world, certainly, there is still a ways to go. We are allowed and expected to be fully human. We're expected to have emotions. Like they may be, there may be connotations about us having those emotions like, oh, she's a bitch or, oh, you know, she's too emotional or you're crazy. Like there, there are ways that they are damped down, but it's still expected. Whereas men, the messages men receive from society are that their value is in their, their provision and their performance and they their value is completely untethered from their humanity and the messages they receive are to not show emotion that that makes you less of a man so to they they're faced with a choice as i as i see it and again i'm 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 not lived as a man so this i am just saying as an observer but it seems that men are faced with a decision to you know be fully themselves as humans and fully expressed and shunned potentially by society or women face rejection non-belonging or they can fall in line and have belonging but not as who they actually are it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't situation so i i think that <clears throat> i think that things are shifting but i think that men have been fed this this lie this myth that their value is to provide and to perform in sex and out of sex. And I think that, you know, women in cishet relationships, that's not what they want. <laughs> they don't want someone to provide and perform. They want someone who can, you know, be present with them. And that's not a message that men are receiving is of value in society and in relationships. So there's a disconnect between what is desired from them and what they're being told is desired from them. And the woman that you work with, do their partners, like is an act of participation where the woman is like, hey, I'm telling my partner, I'm doing these practices and I want him to get involved or is it strictly just her focusing on her? So I have had a couple of partners reach out, curious to learn more. I've yet to have any of them proceed in working with me, which is, is okay. Cause I think that, I think that I am here to serve women and through serving women also serve men. Um, I think that a woman who is in tune with her yes and her no is a naturally more receptive, open human and lover and partner and that um, men who are in partnership with women like this are going to be healed in that exchange, whether or not anything changes. You know, you're in a dance and relationship, you change one step, one person starts moving differently, the whole dance is different. So um, I don't think that men, male partners necessarily have to go through the initiation that the women do at least not from me there are other teachers who do teach men and who you know i recommend to any man who's interested in learning more um about that who are better qualified than me to work with them 
but <clears throat> mostly it's just been women. I think that a lot of women are where I was. They are, you know, feeling repressed. They're feeling shut down in their bodies and their sexuality and completely disconnected from their pleasure. They want to feel differently, but they don't know how to feel differently. Maybe they've felt awake and alive and magnetic before, and maybe they've just seen women who look like they do and they wonder what she's having that I'm not having. And I think that there is such power and healing in realizing that it's always been within you the whole time. And that changes, that's completely changed my life, my relationships, the way I show up in the world, the work I do in the world, the way I'm a parent, the way I'm a friend, everything has changed because of how my relationship to myself has changed. And I think that that is the real uh, potency of this work and what it offers to women. And that's very empowering what you just said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazingly powerful to, to know that you have this innate ability hardwired you know the i just had an experience recently that um reflected back to me you know how how much i can open and how much i can trust emotionally and it's always more powerful i think to experience in a way that is embodied <laughs> like to have the lived experience of showing up in a certain way than it is to have the conceptual experience of something until you experience how it feels in your body, how it feels to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And until you have that, there's no proof like, Oh, that's what it feels like. I can do it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely agree with you on that. And I think for me, it's like, you know, I started this journey where I couldn't feel anything. <laughs> I'm like, I got nothing. So I think it's, um, it's so liberating for women to realize, hey, you know, you can feel so much more than you feel. Mm -hmm. It's almost feeling safe to go down that path. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. And the fact that there are so many women who don't feel all that they know is possible for them to feel, hell, still sometimes I still feel shut down and numb. I don't think that you can live in this world and not do that. I think that that is a really beautiful thing. And it's not an indication that there's something wrong with you. It's an indication that there's something right with you. Your body is telling you, hey, I don't feel safe or I'm scared or this is a no for me. That's your body being the the wisest and most honest messenger that you have that is your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do we're not trying to make our bodies do something different we're trying to help them feel safe so they can open and allow us to experience what's possible mm, yes definitely um okay so what would you want a final takeaway to be there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you. If you have not, if you feel shut down and you feel cut off from your body, you feel afraid of sex. I've talked to a lot of women who feel afraid of sex. You hear me talk about transcendent orgasms and you think they're for someone else and not for you. There's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. Your body is working beautifully exactly as it's supposed to. And I've, you know, I've seen women who've never had an orgasm at all 
who have learned how to open and invite these. These are for everyone who I think is in, in bodies like, like ours to experience. Every woman with vulva, I think, has capacity to experience these if she wants to and no pressure to experience them if she doesn't. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, just honoring your desire. Yeah. And honoring where you are, wherever you are on your journey. And just just allow holding it without judgment and with so much compassion and love. Because there's a reason. There's a reason. And um, it doesn't have to be the way it is or the way it always has been. But it's not ever because there's something wrong. Yes, definitely. So I will place your links below. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Y'all be sure to follow Whitney on social media. I'm going to try to go to her next event. I love what you're doing. Thank you. um, Yeah, let us know any feedback you have from the episode and you'll have a great week.